Well, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday. It's great to see all of you with us today. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us. Welcome to this week's Fireside Chat. I'm Lisa Stearns. I'm here with Dr. Tim Cross, our Senior Vice President, and we will be updating you today on the latest information regarding COVID-19 cases within the university and the Institute. And of course, we'll be sharing an update on some other news within the Institute. So as reminders, always keep your audio muted. Um, use the chat function uh, on Zoom. If you wish to ask a question of Dr. Cross, you can either post it publicly or you can send it to me privately. A recording of this session is always made. It's um, posted to the UTIA coronavirus website and you can find the link on our homepage at utia.tennessee.edu. So, Tim, we always like to take the opportunity to look at how things are going from a case count. What is the current situation for the University of Tennessee? Thanks for kicking us off once again, Lisa, and uh, definitely want to give a quick overview uh, as to where we are. Uh, I am going to note, though, that uh, following our discussion with Coach Fulmer, we had a positive outing last week on the football field. So. Uh, I, I'm going to, you know, take some credit for the Institute uh, supporting the team and uh, leading uh, that, that group to victory. Let's hope uh, they have the same luck this week. The bad news is, though, I don't have anybody nearly as fun and engaging as Coach Fulmer with me this week. So you're stuck with me, uh, but uh, look forward to uh, chatting just a little bit here this afternoon. And, and honestly, we'll probably have a fairly brief uh, chat unless you have some questions because... Uh, not a lot new uh, in the uh, uh, world of COVID-19, uh, at least within the Institute of Agriculture. So with that said, let me see if I can uh, pull up uh, our summary data and we'll start there and then uh, work through uh, our uh, proposed agenda here today. So this is the same chart uh, and basically the same data we've been uh, talking about for the past several weeks and uh, try to give you a, a feel for uh, how this looks today. If you're like me, you can only see a part of the screen and unfortunately the most important part may be hidden uh, by the uh, participant box. But if you click the little uh, box on the very left-hand side top of that uh, participant uh, box, you can minimize that. All right. so. Uh, this week, uh, in terms of active positive cases uh, at the University of Tennessee, including the Institute of Agriculture, we have three um, active cases among employees, uh, which is exactly the same number as last week. Not necessarily the same people, but the same total number of active cases. And we have uh, 59 students uh, that are currently uh, active positive cases. So it's a really nice trend uh, from September 11th through October 9th, uh, showing a steady decrease. And, and that's certainly uh, a positive picture for us uh, within the university. And if you look at uh, isolations uh, that are taking place across uh, the entire institute and the entire campus, similar story there since September 11th, we've seen uh, some dramatic decreases and we're down to currently 35 employees uh, across uh, the whole university that are in isolation and 241 students that are in isolation and compare that to September 11th when we had uh, double that number of employees in isolation and almost uh, eight times as many uh, students in isolation. So 
things are really progressing nicely uh, within the university uh, as a whole, and, and that's, uh, again, very positive news. If you look at the Institute of Agriculture, it's really the same story, just with smaller numbers, uh, which is good. Uh, currently, uh, across the whole Institute of Agriculture, we uh, have one active positive case of, of COVID-19. So uh, we can only do a little bit better than that, and that would be zero. And that's certainly the number we'd love to have, uh, but uh, really good to see that number all the way down to only one positive case. So uh, thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, it's certainly uh, making a difference. And a much uh, similar story, although really more of a story of status quo in terms of isolations. Uh, we currently have nine uh, employees uh, within the Institute uh, that are in isolation and virtually all of those are due to a direct contact with a family member uh, who has uh, tested positive or exhibited symptoms. So a very small number and a, and a very uh, steady number there uh, with nine to 10 being the typical for the past uh, four weeks. So uh, within the university and within the Institute, um, we're doing a, a really good job of keeping a handle on COVID-19, keeping a handle on how many folks are required to be in isolation uh, because of uh, COVID-19. And I think that, uh, again, reflects very positively on each of you and what you're doing uh, during this pandemic. Unfortunately, when we start then to look at uh, the national scene, we see a bit of a different story. And again, you probably heard in the news this week that uh, cases are continuing to rise uh, compared to mid-September when we've seen a drastic decrease across the university. Uh, nationally, we're actually seeing uh, a steady and significant increase in the number of uh, positive cases. Uh, where we uh, had been averaging approximately 40,000 cases a week, we're now unfortunately uh, uh, hitting 50,000 cases per week again. And that's more like what we experienced back in the uh, July, August time period. Uh, that's certainly not what we want to see. Keep my fingers crossed that what that uh, is reflecting is, is just a, a little blip uh, rather than a continued steady positive trend, but uh, it's really been going on uh, in an increasing manner uh, for about four weeks. So uh, that doesn't bode well for, for the country in terms of uh, the number of active positive cases. And if we bring that back to Tennessee, while the trend line here is showing a downward trend, if you look at uh, the number of cases for the past three days, we have also been seeing a spike uh, in active positive cases or new cases uh, in, the, in the state. Uh, and we're unfortunately back up to that 2000 case per day level for the past several days. Uh, so what that is probably going to do is make this trend line take a pretty severe bend back up. Uh, this is a seven-day average type uh, trend here. Uh, if those numbers continue, we're going to see that increase uh, be reflected at the state level as well. And that puts us back at the levels that we were once again uh, in, in the July-August time period. Uh, we had been doing really well uh, with, with continued downward trajectory uh, since uh, about mid-September, but uh, we're certainly seeing some changes now. And much of that uh, increase we're actually seeing in the more rural areas of the state. And it could be that 
that's associated with schools opening, that's associated with more gatherings, less restrictions, not really sure you know, exactly the cause there for our state nor for the country, but, uh, but that's what we're seeing uh, at, at this time anyway. So that uh, is uh, really where we're at uh, in terms of uh, the data that, that I've tried to share consistently uh, every week. Those may not be the exact best numbers uh, and they may have a, a bit of error to them as well, but I've showed you the same data or reported the same data every week so that we really could get a sense of uh, where, where we're headed uh, based on those trends. Uh, you know, for anyone to say they have the exact number of cases uh, in, in a university, in a state, in a country, uh, that's, that's probably uh, not even possible. But if we're using the same data source week after week after week, I think it, it's bound to show us uh, really uh, pretty accurate trends. Uh, so uh, that's why I've chosen to, to approach it that way. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up our, our data discussion right there, uh, Lisa, and uh, we're ready probably to move on. Well, um, there is a question that is related to this. I'm going to go ahead and ask that now. And that is, um, come January and the start of the new semester, uh, do we expect that all faculty and staff will be back to campus or are we needing to wait on an effective vaccine? I think uh, we actually, uh, the deans and I talked about that this week. Uh, haven't talked about it with our broader groups at this point, but um, you know, I, I, I'm not certain what January 1 will hold, but I am pretty sure between now and then we're going to continue just as we are right now. I don't foresee any significant uh, additional scaling up, uh, if you will, uh, and I uh, don't expect uh, January 1 to be proclaimed a all hands back on deck date either, but uh, it's several months down the road, so we'll continue to, to track things. We'll do our very best to keep you informed, let you know in advance. We won't want to surprise anyone. Uh, recognize uh, for those on campus, the semester doesn't even start until January 20th uh, this, this next spring. So, you know, we think about the first of the year being the new school year, it's actually you know, still three weeks away from the start of the school year for, for our campus anyway. So we've got a little bit of time uh, to adjust even after the holidays and, and determine if, uh, if changes are warranted. In the meantime, we're still operating uh, with the goal of having all of our offices open and accessible uh, with our staff rotating or taking turns uh, so that we don't have everyone back simultaneously but uh, we do expect uh, if individuals need help from our extension offices, if they need uh, access to our research facilities, if their students needing help with their curriculum, uh, if it's uh, animal owners needing care for their animals, all those uh, services are available. Uh, it may be through a slightly different uh, approach or process, but, uh, but our offices are open and, and we're hard at work just as we have been uh, since last March. Well, that's a great lead into my next question, which is obviously COVID has taken so much of our time and attention as it should, uh, but we also know that the work does not stop. So can you share some of the latest happenings within the Institute? Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, just quick updates and, uh, you know, these are really things happening as, as we speak. So uh, not, not, uh, 
in any way meant to be comprehensive, but what was on my mind uh, this week and, and what I thought I might share with the group. So let me uh, pull back up my uh, slides for just a moment and start with uh, our uh, most recent uh, capital project, at least here on campus. And that is uh, construction of the Teaching and Learning Center uh, at our University of Tennessee Veterinary Medical Center. And uh, construction uh, really got started this week on this $10 million renovation project. What this project is going to do, it's going to add uh, uh, classroom and workspace to the front of uh, the vet school uh, as, as we're looking at it there, uh, which will enable our students to have uh, more uh, opportunities to uh, learn their skills in simulations uh, or using simulations. Uh, it also feature uh, a really uh, nice uh, entrance and, and uh, uh, ability to access the Pendergrass Library and, and much uh, much more elegant, I think, uh, way for students uh, to interact and, and utilize that library. So the uh, whole parking area, unfortunately, in the front of the College of Veterinary Medicine is now shut down. Uh, it's all been fenced off and they're in the process of removing vegetation uh, and removing the concrete uh, that's there uh, as the first steps uh, in uh, constructing this new building. So there's a shot down the road of uh, just some of the work that started this week. So it's really good to see uh, this uh, progress, uh, to see the uh, work getting started. Uh, and you combine that with the work that's uh, starting to wrap up on our surge building, hopefully followed very shortly by the uh, start of the construction on the new science building uh, right across the street from this site. And uh, we'll have a lot of things going on on campus uh, for the first time in, in quite a long while in terms of major construction projects. Those that are uh, down in food science and animal science might say it wasn't too long ago that, that we... Uh, did a complete renovation of their building, and, and I certainly remember that, but in terms of a new building, uh, these are some of the first new new construction projects we've had in, in 20 years or more. So uh, great to see them uh, kicking off and, and excited about what, uh, what that will hold uh, for our campus uh, in the years ahead. And then uh, one other point, I thought uh, just do a couple of reminders, uh, as I did last week, a reminder to get your flu vaccination haven't already, there's still time. You don't have to panic, but uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, we want to keep, keep everyone healthy and, and make sure we're not masking uh, the effects of, of uh, coronavirus with, with the effects of flu. So uh, get your flu vaccine and then remember to go to the uh, employee self-service and record uh, your vaccination or, or indicate that you have uh, opted out because of one of the two reasons uh, that we've offered uh, there in Iris. Uh, Doug Bonner tells me we've already had a good number of employees report, uh, and that's great. Uh, so keep it up and, and uh, don't forget about your flu vaccine. And then another reminder, and, and this is uh, related also to, to our uh, health benefits, but all of our benefits, remember that October 16th, which is a week from today, is the deadline to complete your benefits enrollment for 2021. You want to make any changes, uh, you've got uh, from now until next Friday to make those changes. Uh, for the most part, uh, there were not major changes in, in our health, dental, vision, and so forth uh, in terms of uh, those programs this year. But remember that some programs uh, do have to be enrolled in annually. 
uh, like uh, the uh, child care programs and so forth. So if you haven't done that yet, here's a reminder, uh, get it done before next Friday. So just a few uh, sort of highlights and updates from campus and uh, uh, that hopefully keeps everybody informed. So I'm gonna pause right there and see uh, what additional questions then we might have, Lisa. Well, this is a pretty quiet group today, so uh, we really have had no other questions. So um, any final remarks you'd like to make? Well, I might just go around and, and ask some questions myself of some of those on the call today, because uh, <laughs> it is good to see everyone, but uh, I won't do that. I won't put anyone on the spot. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, for me, it, it's, it's a very good thing that we don't have a whole lot to talk about. Uh, there aren't a lot of new restrictions. There aren't a lot of new rules. There aren't a lot of new uh, procedures to have to worry about. And that, that's a, a good thing. But uh, let's make sure we're aware of what's happening around us while the university and the institute are doing quite good. Clearly, uh, other parts of our society are not doing so well in terms of cases. And make sure uh, we, we continue to do those things uh, that we've been uh, really focused on uh, since, since the 1st of March. Uh, this does mark about the halfway point in the semester for those of you uh, uh, associated with teaching uh, and campus. And our student numbers are low and decreasing, so that's good. And uh, all of that seems to indicate there has not been campus-wide transmission uh, of uh, coronavirus. Uh, let's make sure we don't see that happening in our off-campus events either. And to this point, I certainly uh, have seen no evidence of that, but let's be extra careful given that uh, the number of cases appear to be increasing. So be careful out there. Uh, remember to wear your masks. Remember to social distance. Uh, continue to stay home if you're not feeling well. Those things have served us really well up to this point, and we just want to stick with it uh, and continue to uh, keep our numbers low and, and decreasing. Uh, let's get down to zero positive cases and zero isolations and, and keep serving uh, everyone that we're serving. Uh, I think that'd be a great thing uh, if we can uh, reach that and I'm confident that we can. So with that, uh, as usual, I want to say uh, I hope uh, you each have a great weekend. Looks like it could be a little soggy, but you know, uh, sometimes a weekend without a, a, a lot of yard work and chores might be nice. So uh, take uh, take a little time to do some reading, uh, catch up on your sleep, uh, whatever uh, really uh, helps you to relax, rejuvenate, refresh, and be ready for a big week next week. So I'll close right there and say thanks again, Lisa. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend.